My job was to make phone calls and set up appointments and uh, make presentations to people, business owners, about advertising. And that's when I got a phone call. Uh, and it was from my old friend from seminary way back in 1998. Uh, his name's Leo Aconquo. Uh, and we, we met at Mount St. Mary's Seminary, which is in Maryland, uh, back in 1998. Uh, and we got to know each other there and became pretty good friends. And I learned a little bit about his mission, uh, which in his country, he, helped, he helps uh, orphans and widows uh, with education and with clean drinking water. So Leo started out digging wells for clean water for, uh, for these widows and orphans because it was common uh, in Nigeria in the villages to drink water out of streams and, and ponds and contract fatal diseases from this water. So over the years between my time in seminary where I met Leo and this phone call, I had stayed in contact with him and helped him out with a donation here or there when I could. But when he called, I, I hadn't spoken with him for quite a while, so a few years. Uh, and he said to me, Nick, I need your help, and I need to come and visit you in Chicago. The Nigerian government is threatening to shut down my orphanage school. And unless I build a new kindergarten school building, they're going to shut down my mission, or they're threatening to. And so I need to come and visit you and, and help make contacts for myself. And immediately I felt pressure. I felt like this, this isn't just a garden variety request for help from, from my friend Leo. This is a life and death request to save his mission. And he's, he's calling me. And I... And I knew that I was his only hope. I was his only contact here in the United States. I, I understood I was his only lifeline. But I had a full-time job, and I was involved in these activities and had my life. So I told Leo, well, Leo, I, I can, I, I'd love to put you up for a few days, maybe. I'll, I'll put you in a hotel. And he cut me off and said, not in a hotel, Nick, because the money that would go into a hotel room is money that could go to this mission. So I said, well, okay, Leo, well, you know, I can put you up in my condo for just a few days. I mean, it, that's really all I have because I'm so busy. I've got a full-time job, and it's like, that's, that's great, Nick. We'll, we'll trust the Holy Spirit. So I picked Leo up at Union Station. This was in July of 2013, and brought him back to my condo in you know, we went and got dinner, and we were, we had a good reunion. It was uh, great to, for us to see each other. And that first morning, um, at, we we went to mass uh, at Holy Name Cathedral, which is you know near North Side of Chicago. And I was thinking on our way to mass, how am I gonna, what's gonna happen? Who am I gonna introduce Leo to? I already feel imposed upon by him, like, and that this is too much of a, a project for, for me to help him accomplish. But we went to Mass, and the priest celebrating this Mass was a friend of mine, Father Ramil, who I had also been in seminary with way back in the 90s. And I just wondered to myself, does, does Father Ramil, could he know Leo? Could they have been at the seminary at the same time? I wasn't sure. I, I knew when Leo and I were at seminary in the same time. But I thought, okay, well, maybe I'll, 
Maybe after Mass, I'll bring Leo up to the sacristy and introduce him to Father Ramil. And hopefully, they'll know each other. So, sure enough, we went uh, into the sacristy, and I introduced Leo to Father Ramil. And they saw, they looked at each other, and they instantly recognized each other. And they embraced, and they started talking about old times in the seminary together. And I was totally relieved that, that they knew each other. Uh, and immediately Leo started telling Father Ramil about his mission, about the widows and the orphans and, you know, the struggles he's having with the, with the Nigerian government. And Father Ramil was gracious and, you know, and he said, Leo, you know, I can maybe help connect you with a few people during your stay here that might be interested in helping. So that was wonderful. And as Leo and I were walking out, uh, the sacristan, you know, was putting things away uh, back in the drawers uh, after the Mass. And she had overheard this encounter between Leo and Father Emil. And she came up to us and she said, I heard, what, I heard about your mission and, you know, I would really like to help. Uh, could you come back to Mass tomorrow at the same time? And we said, well, sure, we will. And so, sure enough, that's what we did. Went, came back the following morning at to 7 o'clock Mass. And afterwards, we met the sacristan, uh, who came down and met us in the aisle, introduced herself. And she gave Leo an envelope, and she said, I'm, I'm really happy to help you with, with your mission, and I'll, I'll be praying for you. And so, uh, Leo was overjoyed and thanked her, and we just walked back uh, to my condo from, from Holy Name Cathedral. And Leo, of course, was eager, like a child at Christmas, to find out, you know, what was in this envelope. Leo opens up the envelope, reaches in, and he pulls $1,000 in cash out of this envelope. And this was from a stranger. Didn't know who he was from Adam. Uh, Nigeria already has a reputation for scams. <laughs> you, you know. At that moment, I knew that the Holy Spirit was at work in this man. Something special was at, at work. Because some, things like that just don't happen. You know, where people just open up their pockets and hand you $1,000 in cash. So from that point on, Leo ended up staying with me for six weeks. I, I became more and more motivated to help make contacts for him so that he could tell his story and, and, and people could learn about his mission. And I, and I became happy to do it. I was, I was still working and doing my other activities, but I began focusing more and more on, on his mission um, and, and started to feel like the Holy Spirit was pointing me in that direction. So, when all was said and done, after his six-week stay, uh, we were blessed to raise the funds that we needed through a core group of people, um, including myself, to build this, this school, this kindergarten structure. So, uh, so, so the mission was accomplished. Uh, and Leo went, Leo went back home uh, and... You know, I uh, stayed here in Chicago, but I knew that that was just the beginning. And, you know, because Leo's vision was something that he divulged to me during his time here. And his vision is 
as he's explained it to me, is to build an agricultural university in the rural village of his, of his country uh, in southern Nigeria. So that poor and marginalized widows, orphans, uh, who are disenfranchised and don't have opportunity can build a life for, for themselves, can lift themselves out of poverty through small-scale agricultural ventures. So that's the vision. Uh, and in the context of a, uh, you know, of a, of a spiritual um, community, you know, that are caring for them and teaching them about the love of, of Jesus Christ. So I knew this was something I wanted to be more involved in and, you know, to, to, to dedicate my time to. But I knew that I wouldn't be credible with people unless I went to Africa and saw the mission for myself and met the people involved. I, as soon as Leo left and went home, I, th that's what I started to think about. And it was something he was talking to me about. So I ended up traveling to Nigeria in March of last year. But I must say, I was very apprehensive in the, uh, the lead-up to my trip. This wasn't like any trip I'd ever made. Um, I've been to Europe. Um, I've been on vacation domestically here in the United States. But I've never been to a, a, a country you know, as poor um, and with a, uh, a history of, of violence uh, like Nigeria. Um, I, I, I knew that armed robberies and kidnappings of, of tourists uh, was relatively common in Nigeria. Um, I also was very aware of uh, terrorist activity in Nigeria. In the northern uh, region of Nigeria, the Islamist terrorist group Boko Haram has been wreaking havoc uh, for, uh, since 2009. So I was aware of this, and it gave me this sense of apprehension, you know, about making this trip. And so I remember driving uh, home to my, where my parents live in Oak Lawn, uh, the, the day of my flight. They were going to drive me to O'Hare. And my father was holding the, the newspaper, I think it was the, the Tribune, and he read an article about a recent bombing that happened in Nigeria and read it out loud as I was standing there. And then he puts, puts the newspaper down and he says, Nick, are you sure you want to make this trip? And, you know, my mom looked at me and, and said, this is what scares me. You know, and I, I reassured them in the best way that I could. And I said, I spoke with the American embassy in Lagos in Nigeria and they said, Americans... Uh, travel relatively safely here in Nigeria without, without much problem. So I was able to calm them down, you know, with that information, and that's what I was using to calm myself down also. So I made the, the hour-long flight to Atlanta, and then the 10-hour flight from Atlanta to Lagos in Nigeria, and arrived there, and... Leo met me at the airport, and it was a surreal experience. There are many stories I could tell, but I know time is short here. Uh, so I'll just focus on our visit to uh, the orphanage school, which is in the rural village. Uh, it's in southern Nigeria, 
Um, and I stayed the night at Leo's home, which is in a compound in a, in a village. Uh, and the next morning, uh, we drove with him, myself, and his brother. We got, you know, in the Jeep that they have and, and embarked for the, for the orphanage school. And uh, it was a very unsettling drive uh, because the roads are very poor condition. Um, uh, the car was not in good condition, and we broke down a couple times on the way. Um, when we finally got to the to the village, the area, you know, we drove in uh, off a main road, and we uh, and it, so it was a wooded area, and there were villagers that we saw on the roadside, you know, working, you know, on their little land, and ha and they had you know their little uh, huts that they lived in, and. Um, you know, as they saw me in the car with, with uh, Leo and his brother, uh, they would shout out to us, Anochua, Anochua, which I looked at Leo and asked him, you know, what, is, what does that mean? And they just said, he said it meant, hello, white man, hello, white man. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, okay, that's good. That's, that sounds like a greeting more than a threat. So, so we, we, we finally got to the... Uh, the orphanage, and we drove up, and I got out of the car with Leo and his and his brother, and I could see um, around the school building. This was, you know, the new kindergarten school building that that Heal had built, um, and Heal is the organization, the charity that that we founded, um, and all the children were out in front of the school building, about eighty of them, and as soon as I got out of the car. They all started clapping and singing uh, just for me, and I was, I was overwhelmed. Um, and the song that they, they sang for me went, uh, went like this. Uh, you are welcome in the name of the Lord. You are welcome in the name of the Lord. I can see in you. The glory of the Lord. You are welcome in the name of the Lord. <laughs> Clapping. It was it was beautiful. All made sense to me now. I felt I felt that I had come to a destination, and that my faith was rewarded. Um, you know, with this this tremendous welcome. You know, from these uh, children who didn't know who I was and. All I did was give Leo a little space to work, and I saw the Holy Spirit begin to work, and, and amazing things have happened. I had to make a few leaps of faith um, in my, the mission work I've been doing uh, with Leo. So that's, that's my presentation. <laughs>